Good afternoon. Welcome back to Coffee and Conversations. This is the second half of our podcast where we are talking with uh, Castle Rock Principal Jeff Slayton, Sunset Principal Tony Fabricas, and Del Norte County Office of Education Community School Principal Randy Fugate. My name is Jeff Harris. I'm the County and District Superintendent of Schools. So, gentlemen, welcome back to round two. <laughs> hey, thanks for having us back. Good to be back. Yeah, we need a bell. <laughs> Jeff can Jeff can hold up the round card. So, <laughs> so um, well, so we we were just kind of talking about what your schools are, what services they offer, how how COVID impacted those. We started talking in our last uh, podcast about what this year might bring. Uh, so, knowing that from the end of school until around September eleventh, um, we're going to be doing full distance learning. A lot of the questions from the community have been, how does full distance learning this year um, look different from what was going on during the school closure? And one of the things I've made no bones about was because of the rapidity of the closure, because of the criteria around the closure, because of everything else that was going on, um, that was crisis learning. That was, and I'm quoting the executive order, we were required to offer high quality educational opportunities. We weren't required to teach, right? We weren't required to do that. Even though our teachers did, even though you, you and your staffs put in a lot of work, um, that wasn't a requirement this year. It is. So when you think about this year and how does this year meet the requirement of virtual school, what are some of your thoughts on how your schools might look as of the first day? Well, I'll speak to kind of how last year started as, as a reference point. Um, we, we went to the weekend on a Friday and found out on Sunday we weren't coming back. And uh, that means that everything that was at the schools sort of stayed at the schools, textbooks and, and uh, resources and materials, things that kids were using, teachers were using. Sandwiches. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Teddy bears, things that were left in those lockers. So, so teachers were, were forced to rethink literally everything, not just how do I reach my students through tech, but what am I going to use now because they can't come back to school to get their materials that they had on Friday. So one of the, one of the big changes is right away, we start out with tools. We start out with all the things that we need. The kids will have whatever text materials or supplemental materials that teachers need along with the tech. And that's the second part is our teachers are teched up. They have learned how to use some really great tools and, and uh, how, to, how to record themselves. They've gotten over the, the fear of hearing their voice and, um, and, and what all their mannerisms that we find out we have when we do these recordings and these things like that. So we're starting in a different spot right away. Teachers have had time to reflect about how do I bring back my standards-based educational pieces which I couldn't really attack last spring because I didn't have all the materials to teach kids. So new learning was tricky. I wasn't able to touch base. So I think starting out right away, we start with a, a different starting position and that's going to be an advantage that we didn't have when it, it sort of just ended on a weekend. Yeah. Necessity is the mother of invention. That's definitely what happened towards the end of last year. And our staff, uh, although they rallied and they busted their butts doing whatever they could, uh, they discovered a lot about themselves and they grew uh, as in, as educators, uh, with it, whether it be online or knowing how to connect or uh, uh, reach out to students distant. Uh, but the, the big thing now is the expectations and the expectations of uh, it is no longer, hey, you're going to get counted as present if I run into you at Walmart or if you return an email or uh, I got a text from you. Nope. Uh, attendance is required daily. 
uh, live interaction is required. Uh, no longer are you going to get a P for participation on your report card. Um, you know, we were trying to do whatever it takes because again, it was not the kid's fault. This was not a kid problem. This was the uh, uh, COVID-19 and the government and the schools um, making these decisions. So it wasn't their fault. So we, we, had that mindset going in. We were the do no harm. Uh, so they were getting uh, P's for pass uh, for participating. And it could be any form of participating. Like I said, returning an email, Whoop, P, for P for pass. Uh, uh, yeah, whatever. And uh, but now they must, they must attend daily. They must complete assignments they must be turned in and they uh, to get a letter grade no more p for passes it's going to be letter grades and again that live daily interaction that is they're going to be accountable for not only the students but staff uh, providing this and schools providing it so those expectations are greater i agree with tony i'm expectations 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 um Last year when we went through this, I remember feeling like a lot of people did, just in shock, off, not sure what's happening to us. And I know the families and students felt the same way. And so we got through it the best we could. And we're looking forward to getting back and raising the bar a little bit and expecting more of them. And, you know, it's been my experience that kids are very resilient and um, I think they're going to rise to the occasion. Well, and, you know, and I think that's a really interesting point and you know it gets lost in just what is it going to look like that we forget to talk about the fact that kids are actually going to be earning grades and in 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 light of the three of you too they're going to be earning credits and so it's extremely important that that students are participating that they are getting those those work um uh, assignments done in a timely manner every week and that they are participating in the daily virtual um interaction because uh, if they don't have the credits and they're a senior, they stand the chance of not graduating this year. As of last year, we were trying to find ways just to maybe accelerate them or catch up on a few of those things so they could walk at graduation. So this is a different, it's a totally different ballgame all the way around. So um, after we finish with distance learning, we're going into phase two. So roughly um, September 14th is our target date to enter phase two. On phase two, we're able to continue with distance learning, but then go into what's called um, small cohorts. So in those small cohorts, um, we we want to be very careful about how many students we're bringing back. We've got to make sure that those small groups of students stay pretty much in place uh, during that three-week window because we don't want to um, um, give any opportunity for for infection of COVID throughout a school or a cohort. So what what might phase two look like at each of your schools? Because you are all very different um, in size and structure and in staffing. So what do you what are you thinking? And I mean this we're not gonna hold you in anything you might say today, but but just what does what does it feel like? So you're not locking us in here? We are recording you. But, oh, okay, yeah. but but I can we can flex. All right, <laughs> flexibility is the key, Mr. Harris. Um, I, I'll speak for Castle Rock. We're, I mean, I, was not, I will. You can speak for me. I, I'm going to speak for oh, Castle nice Rock of today, you, Mr. Fugate. And then I'll tell you what Sunshine's going to do. How <laughs> <laughs> about I speak for Delmar Community School? Uh, you know, it's it's uh, what a difference for me coming from Delmar High School, and uh, we have about 40 students. So after the two week. Uh, distance learning kind of initiation for uh, everybody will doing. We are really hoping that the the 
protocols in place will allow us to shift gears. Uh, what we're doing is we're breaking down our school into two two major groups for one uh, group of 20 for each teacher. And then we're going to break those further down into two groups of 10. And we're looking at right now an A-B schedule. So uh, the A cohorts would be with their teachers on a Monday, Wednesday, for example. And then the Bs would come in on a Tuesday, Thursday. And then Friday, we probably will uh, work more or less with what the district might be doing. We're still looking at uh, if that's going to be uh, kids in the, in the building day or what what will happen. That'd be based on some other procedures and protocols from the district. But um, And then looking down the road into... October, where we think, we hope maybe things will be opened up a little more, Begin, again, because of our small size, we may be able to bring back in a perfect world, maybe all of our students and have them on campus every day. And I think Tony hit that in the previous session. Our, our goal and everything that we're thinking is how soon, how safely, and how soon can we get all of our students back and interacting with our teachers and with each other and uh, kind of gearing for some of the, the, go- the goals that we have for the year. So, you know, Randy, I think that's important to note because what, what you're really talking about is you're talking about going from phase one after the first two weeks really to phase three, right? Which when we we're talking about bringing back those 50% type cohorts, um, but then when, when everybody else may roll into phase three in October, Um, We're talking about basically because of your size and because of your staffing and the ability to do so, expanding those cohort sizes. So you are having every student back, but um, your cohorts would still be relatively small. Yeah. Yeah. So we still may be within the the size limits that we would be expected to to deal with. So, yeah. 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 Over the last few weeks, I've been in communication with my staff and... uh, They were unanimous in saying, uh, when asked, hey, are you okay to return and you're uh, feeling healthy and you're feeling safe to come back on campus and meet with kids? They were unanimous that they said, yes, we want to be on campus. We want our kids to be on campus and we want to interact and and teach. They were unanimous. Matter of fact, their sentiment was that they thought it was worse <laughs> they 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 weren't afraid so much of covid-19 as in the effects of the opposite of not of kids not being on campus for us for sunset and we're going to open up like the rest of the district on phase 1 uh being distance learning for the first two or so weeks uh and then like you said on September 14th that Monday transitioning to and I'm just going to say phase 3 uh, we're talking about that, and it, it's pro- likely. And we would again have a a blended hybrid A B model, if you will. Uh, half of our students, a cohort A, uh, attending Mondays and Wednesdays, and a cohort B, the other half attending Tuesdays and Thursdays with uh, on campus. And while those kids that weren't there, they would be at home uh, uh, completing assignments and then checking in live on a a Zoom meeting at the end of each day. So uh, a teacher would theoretically have some sort of contact with all kids every day. And then on the Friday, again, we're thinking we could still have small groups come into the wood shop, uh, to the farm, because we are fortunate enough to have the Sunset Farm. That's uh, a, that's a different podcast. Yes, yes, it is. Um, <laughs> uh, oh boy! Uh, and then uh, the kitchen. We have a gr- uh, awesome instructional kitchen uh, and sources of strength uh, with Kelly Troina. So we we 
that's those smaller cohorts or groups, I should say, we could have on those or we will have, I believe, on Fridays and maybe even on some of the afternoons um, in phase three. But um, that's because, like you said, because of our small size, we're able to do that. For Castle Rock, just the nature of our independent study program, our phase one through four is going to you know, look drastically different. I think we will start out in phase one. We will start out in phase one and, um, it, you know, no students on campus and everything will be done remotely. But phase two, you know, our, our students meet individually with the teachers. So phase two could almost bring us back almost to full, you know. And um, I see phase three as um, maybe possibly now introducing a lot of those support systems that I mentioned we lost last year and um, in person rather than just virtually. And I see that maybe being a combination. And at no point do I see like if a parent didn't want to come in and meet with their teacher, no matter what phase we're in. I think we're in a situation to where, you know, as long as it's mutually agreed upon by the teacher and the parent and that they can meet face to face as long as there's social distancing, that type of stuff. But uh I'm, and I'm, to be honest, I'm still in the process of um, going through all that. And what does that look like? What does phase one look like for Castle Rock versus the district kind of a deal? Well, and you know, Tony, you brought up a, a, a big point there. We talked about the social emotional needs of kids, right? It may be, it may be more harmful for them to be gone um, in, in this particular case than it would be for them to be on campus. We know in talking to um, uh, the director of the Del Norte, health and human services in regards to child welfare cases, we've had decreases in reporting um, for in months that school was in session by 50 and in some cases almost 60%. So um, we know that we have kids that are in um, uh, situations where there may be abuse, neglect. Uh, We know that we've had kids that have had uh, suicidal ideations that have made suicide attempts. So all of you work with students who don't necessarily – thrive or fit within the mold of a traditional comprehensive school site, what might uh, social emotional learning and supports look like or feel like um, as you engage students at the beginning of this year and throughout the year? Well, Castle Rock, we're we're fortunate to have a full-time counselor. And even through the COVID crisis last year, and uh, he was able to make contact and, and maintain contact with the students he was seeing already. And as far as the the mandated reporting, like um, we're hoping that maybe some of that, even if we're not meeting face to face through those conversations, you know, you know, we might uh, it might help that situation out a little bit and, and, and catch some of those things we need to catch. And uh, at sunset, whether you call it trauma informed practices or or social emotional learning, uh, one of our goals is to start this school year off in our distance learning model again in opposite of what it was in the spring, and that is have a uh, more of a, a traditional look of our schedule. So our first period usually is our uh, advisory period, and then have periods one, two, three, a break, periods four, five, and a lunch, and have that as their distance learning schedule every day. And again, when, when you look at trauma-informed practices, you want something that's predictable. You want kids to be familiar with their program and to not have to guess. So when it comes time to reintegrate, to come back on campus, to get back to a almost normal with the blended, um, 
they will just be transitioning back into their schedule, but on site. And so it'll be, um, uh, again, mentally, it'll go from online or distant to being more on site, but it's same schedule. And that's, I, I'm a big proponent of routines. I love routines and keeping those routines. That's um, trauma informed, but also um, our kids, our staff, double as counselors they double as social workers if you will and so they um uh our students all have what we call an advisor so each teacher is an advisor so that that's the beginning of every school day as it is if we were in session and that's what we're predict or we're planning on being for if we're uh well when we're in distance learning that they'll have that advisory time and so we're we're hoping to to do it that way so i think uh you know, Tony and I have talked quite a bit, the smaller size and the, the, I think the closeness of the certificated and the classified staff is a big key in these smaller schools. And I think it's all hands on deck and that sort of a mentality yes, that I've noticed um, immediately. So uh, when you're talking about social emotional supports, um, the idea that somebody would pick up a phone and, and make a call every day, that's, that's ingrained already. So I think that's a part of the process that's going to be there. We're, we'll be doing that very soon before school starts. Uh, we, we're talking about how do we make home visits if needed, um, or, or at least if not home, uh, a common a common space or an area near where a student might get some supports during the distance learning phase that first two weeks that we're looking at there. Um, as we come back into school, we're working with uh, the county and the district right now to look at some other additional supports that we might be able to add this year for kids. And that's going to be that'll be really helpful as we figure that part out. Um, again, like I've referred to, we're looking at um, the more adults, the better. So if you, the more adults you have in the building that are connecting with kids in any way. So we have a resource teacher, Travis, from actually Castle Rock most of the time, and he comes over and spends time, and he, he spends a little time in our building. Uh, having those adults in there that are just stopping by and talking with kids, uh, connecting with some of the tribal people, and having them, if they're not right there, popping by and, and connecting with our kids, those are all things that we're looking at um, to 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 in addition to the routines that Tony's really driving home, I think it's really important. Um, that that's huge, but, but, um, the more touches, the more, the more contact points that you can get from caring adults who, uh, that also builds in familiarity and it builds in a, a safety zone for a student that, psychologically. And that, again, referring back to my staff and when I asked them, Hey, you know, what are your concerns about coming back? And they were like, no, I'm, I don't have reservations about COVID-19, in terms of social, emotional, and uh, uh, mindset, they're they were more concerned about the consequences for our students not coming back, not re-engaging in school, having been stuck at home or not engaged with positive adults um, on campus as they have these routines normally when school's in session. So they, um, you know, as Randy said, we're fortunate. I think in that um, sunset has, you know, 10, 11, 12 staff members and whether it's a teacher, principal, secretary, instructional assistant, clerical assistant, doesn't matter. We uh, flatten the hierarchy, if you will. And we all come together every week, sometimes tw two, three times a week, all together to meet, to talk about our kids. And that's a part of that trauma-informed practice, social-emotional uh, learning, because we we know what kids are um, 
what they're feeling, where's their mindset out? How do, how do we need to address this? And so that's going to be part of our plan as well is because nothing's set in stone. These schedules are going to change. And uh, what we feel is uh, appropriate right now in terms of our uh, approach is going to probably look a lot different in the next week or two. But again, it's going to be a school-wide, staff-wide uh, look at it as we as we move forward. And it's not just a top-down, not just principal. It's, it's, like I said, all 10 of us on site talking about our kids and what they might need. So we're almost out of time. It's amazing how fast these podcasts go. We're almost out of time. If each of you could give one piece of advice to a student, a parent, or an entire uh, family, really quickly, what would your one piece of advice be moving into this year where the only constant is nothing is constant? That <laughs> <laughs> seems to be a change will happen. Um, you know, I, I think for me, if, and it's, I'll, I'll say this is for the parents and, and guardians and support adults at home, is do everything you can to make sure that your student is engaging in the school everything you can. And if you're having challenges, reach out to us and we will do everything we can to bridge that issue. And I think that's my advice. So, no, but I was no, going to say, what, what, what you can't say is what he said or they stole my answer. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now for brief. Sorry, Tony. But that's what he said. But, uh, okay. Uh, office humor. But uh, I agree. Uh, engage. <laughs> Again, my advice is engage, engage and yeah. don't give up man. Come, uh, come talk to us, call us, email, uh, don't become a ghost. And we're not going to allow you to become a ghost because we are persistent and annoying. If you can't tell, right. <laughs> we get after it and we go get kids and we'll go home visit. We'll call and call and call. Don't put my, uh, my call or my number on auto delete or block. Uh, because I'm again, our hearts in the right spot. We're not trying to call to complain or we're trying to call and communicate to engage. So um, when you see an email, when you see a message on your cell phone or home phone, uh, answer it, respond, uh, communicate with us, please. We're, we're just trying to do the best for your student and your family uh, because we know this is not ideal. No one's saying it's ideal. We're just trying to make the best out of this situation that we have in front of us right now. I agree with all that. Um, but uh, along, you know, Jeff mentioned earlier that, you know, it's not crisis learning. And, and so approach it like you would any other school year. It's just going to be a little bit different. It's going to look different. But the content that's being put out and it may be a different format that it's being put out on. But we can get through this. We will get through this and um, we'll get back to normal. And I'll, I'll can I piggyback on all this and say, uh, oh, I found the table there. Uh, let's limit the excuses, you know, uh, in the crisis learning mode. Um, even saying that, I, in my mind, it's somewhat of an excuse. Right now, we want our families and our students to, again, eliminate their excuses at home, come engage, communicate with us and let's get after it. Let's, you know, if we got credits to earn, let's do it. If we want, if we're, uh, uh, um, if we want things to happen on our campus that we're not seeing, Hey, talk to us. How can we do it? Let, yeah. Let's communicate. But and and let, if your child says they don't have homework, they do have homework. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, <laughs> My son at home, Joaquin the Bean, he, uh, you know, we have to push him. We're reading uh, Of Mice and Men right now. He's not, he didn't 
love that idea, but he loves the book now, but to get him prepared for uh, this coming school year as a ninth grader, because we know that's, I think that's one of the required books. So we're reading that right now. So guys, I just want to thank you for your time today. And, and, you know, as we start kind of restarting school, I just want to remind everybody out there that um, to get more information, you can visit uh, dnusd.org. You can go to schools um, and see those websites directly. They'll be updated as more information becomes available. Each school is also represented on um, Facebook, so you can get you can connect with them that way. One of the great ways to do that as well, if you haven't already, is to download the DNUSD app, and you can actually subscribe to individual school notifications and information as well as get information and push notifications from the district office. So um, that being said, Randy, Tony, Jeff, thank you for joining us. Thank you for the for the time. Thank you in advance for the hard work that I know that you and your staffs are going to put in as you reach out to kids uh, throughout this year. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you.